This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. <laughs> Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey, everybody. It's Chris. Good evening. Uh, I am Jesse. Hello. Chill and relax, Jesse. I love I am, it. I am laid back tonight. It's living large and in charge. It's all gravy in the Navy, baby. I tell you what, I'm so relaxed. I might fall asleep. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time that Jesse fell asleep here on the Geology Flannel Cast. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. I fell asleep grading last night. I was like, I was like reading over something and I was just like, I caught myself like, I think I went into REM and I like, I came to and I was like, I should probably call it a night. <laughs> nice. Usually a sign. Yeah. Good times. It's not indicative of your students uh, output. Is it? No, never. It was all <laughs> riveting. Yeah. You were just super tired. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so speak, <laughs> speaking of riveting, what are we talking about tonight, Ooh, Chris? We're getting right to today. it. I like it. Getting right into business here. The topic of today's geology flannel cast is the great unconformity. <gasps> dum, dum, dum. Dun, dun, dun. How great is it? It's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Good enough wait, for government work, I suppose. Yeah. Well, you know, we're selling it as great. Listen to what we have to say and then. Form your own opinion. Write to us after the show. Let us know. Tell us where you would rate it on on the unconformities that you know. Yeah, drop a line on Facebook or the gram, Insta, yeah. if you I'm, will. I'm gonna get better about it. I, I'm not, but I will try to pretend I will. Yeah. So and or uh, where where else can people find us, Chris? Mm geologyflannelcast.com yeah that's that's one too yes yes so you can you can drop us emails on that hit the platform as well yeah and then while you're on the geologyflannelcast.com you can pick up a coffee mug that will make your coffee taste 20 percent better yes all proceeds help out the flannel cast at least 20 percent better at least i'm excited for this class action lawsuit when all these people and you can stop giving people ideas now okay thank you (laughs) there's no way to quantify how things taste i would love to see that class action lawsuit (laughs) this coffee does not taste 20 percent better it may be 10 percent. i'll give you that (laughs) but 20 percent. our our studies indicated 20 percent. i don't know what to tell you yeah so the great unconformity yeah i let's uh how should we do this? How about we start off with the definition of what an unconformity is? Great, great idea. Great for a great unconformity oh, episode. Yeah. Did you it do it on purpose? <laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> I was just really excited. I thought it was a really good idea. So an unconformity is a gap in the rock record. You're missing time due to either erosion or lack of deposition. So nothing, either stuff's being wiped away or nothing's being put down. Yeah. And that's, I feel like oftentimes, especially like, um, you know, intro students and whatnot, they, they, we spend so much time saying like, oh, you know, we can learn this from this rock or, you know, this from that rock and so on. We, we say what the rocks do and sometimes they never stop to think like, well, we can only get information if the rocks are there. 
And so if there's no rocks, we, we've got no information. And so sometimes they don't realize that, you know, you could be missing pages of this book and they're either not written or they get ripped out. That's, that's the way I think about it. And even not having pages of the book is still telling you something. Oh yeah. You're reading between the lines, if you will. <laughs> well, like in all these book metaphors. I'm in. <laughs> I, I feel like someone is really close to just <laughs> shutting it down for the night. <laughs> Sorry. Technical difficulty. Got to go. <laughs> I can't hear you guys. You're, breaking up. <laughs> You're going through a tunnel. <laughs> A pun tunnel? Ooh. <laughs> a great tunnel. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Chris, carry on. Yeah, uh, continue with what unconformities are. Um, so the hunk, hunk ah, I can't talk. With an unconformity, we're usually dealing with like very, very large gaps in time. Now there's from 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 everything that I've learned over the years, which is a couple things, there's really no set number of, as to where an unconformity starts. So we just kind of said that there is like, it's either, it's a gap in time, but there's also another definition too. We could talk about this for a second. Ooh, hiatus, like... hiatus versus unconformity. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. So there's, there's a hiatus is kind of, uh, I guess the best way, like the, like for it's just uh, it's missing time, but it's not as not as much as a uh, as an unconformity. You might it's think a, of a hiatus as like the end of a, a, a bed or something like that. Yeah. yeah, sometimes I think of hiatus as too if like the depositional environment hasn't changed. Uh-huh. So like if you're in the deep marine and you're depositing little I don't know critters, or, yeah. And then because you can, you can constrain your ages really well on those and you can see that, oh, we have this gap here, but, you know, below it and above it, it's still the same environment. And, you know, like you said, it's not a dramatic amount of time because things, the environments haven't shifted or anything. So I I sort of think of it as, yeah, being in the same environment. Mm -hmm. So so theoretical question, you have, you have a river, right? And the river's doing its thing, it's flowing around, and then it evolves. Evulsion means uh, the river kind of just shifts its position, it jumps over, and then it starts biting down through the, flood, the adjacent floodplain. Would you call that, you wouldn't call that a disconformity, because it's, it's still within the kind of like the same time frame. Right. Yeah. No, I wouldn't call that. Yeah. yeah. Would you yeah. call that erosional surface that the when where the river evolves to and turns biting <laughs> down? Would you call that a hiatus? Probably. Yeah. Because I'd consider or, the whole package a fluid. The whole package. System. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's the thing. There's no like set numbers with this stuff. That's the one thing that I've always that, that <laughs> I've I've kind of I've never thought about this. that. That's really interesting. Um. Yeah. That's some of the stuff that kind of came up with my uh some of like things in my dissertation. It was just like, well, you call this an unconformity, but you're really only missing like a couple hundred years here. Would we really want to call that? You know, and yeah. you, uh, and, it, and it, it didn't scar you at all. It doesn't keep you up at night. No, I, I mean, I, I blocked all that out of my memory years okay. ago. So it's, it's, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> totally healed from that. You can't, you can't see, but there's a, there's a one single solitary tear rolling down his cheek right now. <laughs> I'm good. Wait, 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 this means, right. Am I, is this, am I yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. 
Um, um, all right. Nobody on the podcast you can see what I was doing. So we listen to the podcast. You can see. Anyways. Uh, all right. Uh, so, if you were a Patreon member, you could see what Chris just did. Because yeah. certain yeah. tier Patreon members get to listen live. And, and watch and hang out. Yeah. And listen to all our pre pre podcast banter, which I'm not going to lie. Sometimes is, I think, just as good as our podcast banter. Probably, probably better. <laughs> sometimes so, we talk about geology. Sometimes we don't. Nope. Sometimes so the, we talk about putting stickers on bison. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> happens. So the great unconformity is where it's we're missing a lot of time in some places. Some places uh, you have like a hundred million years. Missing. Wait, wait, wait. Should we? You, you said unconformities are sort of missing time. Do we just want to talk real quick about how you can get missing? How you can get the unconformities? Or no? Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, so there's, we, we really classify unconformities as three different types. Um, and, and so there's three different ways you can get these big sections of missing time. And uh, a lot of it is, is erosional. And so if you have deposition and, and then you have say like tectonics that causes the, the beds to change the angle, they get folded or tilted or whatnot. And then either there's erosion on top of it or there's deposition on top of it. That period between the first deposition and the second deposition, there was that folding. And so that folding, you're not depositing at all. So that's missing time. And so we would call that an angular unconformity because the beds are at an angle to each other. The lower beds and the, the upper beds are meeting at some sort of oblique angle <clears throat> most famous bit. most famous angular unconformity sicker point oh yeah i was gonna say the route 23 outcrop i was gonna Does say 23, yeah. route 23 outcrop. <laughs> yeah. in the catskills new york that's right uh, uh but yeah i guess sicker point is probably second a couple more people <laughs> might have heard of sicker point but um oh no not this guy leeds new york is is the place to be <laughs> Uh, Sicker points in Scotland where James Hutton did some, did some work there. Came up with his idea of uh, uniformitarianism. Good old Jay Hutt. Jay Hutt. Good friend uh, of the podcast. And then, so then you okay, can so have angular conformities. Angular okay. conformity. Then you can have a non-conformity. Just doesn't conform. Just doesn't conform. And that's where you have rocks dressed like goth. <laughs> There's nothing that wrong was with bad. that. That wasn't even funny. That was... <laughs> Made Jesse laugh. That's a pity laugh. Who's kidding? Who? <laughs> All right, carry on. Uh, so you have like um, crystalline rock, uh, either metamorphic or igneous, that then is overlain by sedimentary rock, uh-huh. and so that <clears throat> that tells us the the depositional mechanism that's putting the either the igneous rock there or con- or or. or creating the metamorphic rock is distinctly different from what's depositing sediments. And so that switch, that change between this mechanism, you know, there, there's time that it takes to move from being like an igneous environment to a sedimentary environment. And that's missing in this, in this scenario. Or you could have erosion all the way down yeah. to the crystalline rock. Erosion all the way down. It always sneaks up on you. It always it does. It's- <laughs> All right, just slowly eats away at you. So it's angular unconformity, nonconformity, 
And then my favorite, disconformity, where you have parallel beds, usually sedimentary parallel. And so the beddings, the bedding planes are all parallel to each other. So it's really tricky. You got to get up there and look at it. But they'll, you'll see subtle erosion within that. And that tells you that there's missing time within the, within between those beds. And if it's, if it's short, we would call it a hiatus. Not so a lot of times like, like, or even like a disconformity. Yeah. You'll, you, you, you'll see that, that irregular surface of like that, that, that cutting down. Yeah. And same with an angular inconformity too. The erosional surface is usually, yeah. Like you said, an irregular surface. And that tells you you're missing, you're missing sediment there. That means you're missing pages of your book. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the wild card. Good old paraconformity. Uh, you sound disgusted by that. Well, uh, just paraconformity. It just gets you every time. So paraconformity, you mind if I take this one? No, do it. Do, please. It would just be me blank staring at the camera <laughs> at the screen. So it's when you're when your uh, your sedimentary layers above the unconformity and below it, they're all everything's parallel, and there's no obvious break in it is in the um, or the, there's no, really no obvious erosional surface. But the best way to to determine these are by fossils, and the fossils are telling you that there is there's a rather large time difference between the two beds that are sit you know that are uh, vertically adjacent to each other. But just by looking at it, it's it can be a, uh, it's the trickiest. It's definitely the trickiest of them all to, uh, it, to it, determine. And it's, it's also no. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, okay. I was going to say it's it's hard to identify. You can't just look at it and see it. I mean, obviously, unless you have like, you know, a, a plant fossil with a dinosaur bone on top of it or something like that, like. Unless unless those fossils are falling out of the cliff face, smacking you in the face, the, it, you need other lines of evidence to prove that this is a paraconformity. Yeah. Or it, yeah, you got to do yeah Dating. some additional work to identify the fossils and yeah, which means I'm not yeah, it sounds difficult already. I'm out. <laughs> so the the idea of of a, you know assessing time using fossils, that's two things. That that's what we call the principle of fossil succession. Because close personal friend of the the podcast, William Stratus Smith. Oh gosh, we came just... right out of debtor's prison and uh, <laughs> gave us that gem. Yeah, the boys are back in town between James Hutton and William Smith. Goodness. Uh, <clears throat> so fossil succession tells us that you know the evolutionary lineage of these animals, we can we can place them into into this chronological context. And we also Can I just be nitpicky for a second. Please do. Doesn't have to necessarily be animals. No. Did I say animals? I said it, organisms? Oh, it can be plants as well. You can watch the succession of plants. Floral or fauna. Or- organisms. Organisms. Flor- <laughs> I thought I said organ. Did I say animals? Dang. Yeah. Flora or fauna. Yeah. Uh, and then you also use That's bio- five bio- lashings bio- for you. Yeah. Biostratigraphy is also involved where you have to tie these layers together because you're never going to find. A single succession in 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 a single layer column of rocks, right? How cool would that be, though? You just found everything. It's like you know, line. just some sort of weird like pocket this, of of this is topography. The key yeah, like this is this is the Rosetta Stone of geology. <laughs> oh man! 
every time is here. That <laughs> no, would I wasn't be... saying every time, but just a nice yeah. fossil lineage of, of one organism evolving through time. How cool would but that I, be? I, I tell you what, if there was that, that would be the antithesis of the great unconformity. Oh, oh great segue, my friend. <laughs> That's very good. Thank you. But I guess, uh, how do we tie this in? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Yeah, so all of these unconformities follow this nice outline. Oh, right. well, they it's do. Thing. It's a good thing we have an outline. Uh, if the geologic record was formatted, it would not have been formatted by the formatting formula because <laughs> there wouldn't be great unconformities. I'll tell you that much, my friends, because the formatting formula, our friends uh, who can help you with all your word document formatting needs are meticulous and they would not allow missing pages in that book. Imagine if you, you sent your, your document out and you were missing pages 50 through 85 of a 200 page document. That wouldn't be good. It the would not formula. Wouldn't let that happen. No, they, they would definitely flag that. <laughs> they would. And they can, even if they don't do it for you, you can watch some of their videos and they can teach you how to number your pages correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're not actually missing content. <laughs> you just can't number your pages correctly. Uh, but Someone yeah, did a bad section break. Like. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> See, I, you know, before formatting formula, I don't even know. I don't think I knew what a section break was. So uh, please check them out, formattingformula.com. Or if you want to teach yourself, they have tons of videos, hours of videos, YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula. Uh, but most importantly, make sure you tell them the geology flannel cast. Area. So great segue, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, so there we go. We have the different types of unconformities. So we should probably get into that, that really, that really great unconformity. The elephant in the room, if you will. Something like that. Yeah. How um, many how many elephants is the great unconformity? Uh the great unconformity started before elephants. The great unconformity started before anything was living on land. Yeah. And it ended before anything was living on land. <laughs> <laughs> See, it turns out we don't even need those pages of that book. <laughs> turns out we don't even need those elephants. Uh, uh all right. Drop, drop some. So we, we discussed earlier that unconformity has to be some large chunk of time. So if an unconformity is already a large chunk of time, what is a great unconformity? Well, the great unconformity is first uh, dis described by John Wesley Powell. Oh, of Powell Lake or Lake, Lake Powell. Powell. Yeah. yeah, it's he's the one he went down the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon on a raft with a, his dog and his dog's name is bootstrap, bootstrap. I didn't know the dog part. Yeah. But yeah. You think it, that's where, that's how he, he found the great unconformity, but tell us about the dog. The dog's name was bootstrap. <laughs> and I, you ever see like the old timey pictures of a dog in a sidecar wearing goggles. That's literally what I'm picturing. In my head. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not. No, but I'm picturing it with like a life vest on. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was, it was the, it was the late 1800s. No life vest for dogs. You got to swim. Uh, oh, but they have goggles. 1869. <laughs> I think the dog he, has goggles. Not the dog has go yeah. <laughs> it's like a steampunk. Oh, all right. I like it. Um, John Wesley Powell 
I also think lost a leg in the Civil War. So I think he was. Yeah, he was a U.S. Army soldier. So like a really impressive feat, like, you know, going down this river. I wonder, I wonder if he served with Johnny oh. Ray. Oh, maybe. So uh, John Wesley Powell is famous for his uh, 1869 geographic expedition, a three-month river trip down the Green and Colorado Rivers, including the first official UF, U.S. government-sponsored passage through the Grand Canyon. Yeah. How about that? He, he was the second director of the USGS. I was just about to say, he's often credited with like as being the father of the USGS, but he was actually the second director. He was, yeah. Because the first guy wasn't there long, but and he was there for a long time. Yeah. He was the uh he was the first director of the Bureau of Ethnology at the Smithsonian Institute. Institution during the- Oh, interesting. That's like um it's like anthropology, like studying peoples. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm looking at some pictures of him. He looked like he was really angry all the time. Yeah, I, that's, I feel like that's most people in the 19th century, right? Well, a lot of that has to do with uh, actually the camera technology. You have to stand still for a long time, so people couldn't smile for that long. Yeah. So, so they had you just stand there straight faced. I would try and smile. I'd probably look like a maniac just yeah. smiling for two minutes straight. <laughs> there was a. Uh, there was a Hershey commercial saying like, you know, you ever look at pictures before the Hershey bar? <laughs> Everybody looks angry. And it was after the Hershey bar. Everybody's smiling. <laughs> uh, Clarence King was the first director and he was there for a little, looks like a little under two years, a little over two years. Hmm. Um, but yeah. Oh, he did the 40th parallel survey. Oh, oh, shoot. He did the diamond hoax. What's the, the diamond hoax? Oh, my gosh. The diamond hoax was this crazy story. <clears throat> I'm trying to think. It was like these early speculators. So they, it was sort of like when the, when the West was like thought to be like this, just this bounty of riches, right? And I want to say it was like, so it was after like the, the gold rush. And so there was these guys <clears throat> that they went out and they, they said, Oh, they're in the Sierra Nevadas. I think it was in the Sierra Nevadas. They, they said they found this spot where there's just all of these diamonds and gemstones. And they came back and they, they sort of like set it up. They like, were talking about it. So people could overhear them. And then people were like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, we can't really say anything, but they got people to invest in their mining outfit Hmm. and they were taking the investment money and they were going to England and they were buying like cheap diamonds and cheap stuff. They were taking like half the investment money and buying all this cheap diamonds and cheap gemstones and then going back out West and with some of, some of the investors were like, we want to see it. And so they took them out and they would get off like a train stop early and like, spend like a week crossing the desert and where they had like planted all these diamonds that they had bought and all the rubies and gemstones and whatnot. And then they were like, look at the bounty. You can just pick them up out of the ground. (laughs) And they ended up getting, you know, like more investors and they took that money and it, it sort of fell apart. Yeah. I guess this uh, Clarence King was one of the, the people who sort of, because he was a professional geologist pieced, pieced it together. He's like, you, you probably shouldn't be finding diamonds and rubies together. And, you know, 
so it was a really it's a really interesting story about yeah how about that so he's a scam artist no no, no he debunked the scam artist. Oh, he's he's pretty sh- i'm sorry okay i'm pretty sure yeah he debunked it yeah so it created this sensation about the secret diamond deposit yeah king and his crew tracked down the location and exposed it as a fraud wow yeah so here's a here's a list of all the things that are named after Powell. Uh, the mineral Powellite, uh, Lake Powell. This is a reservoir, man-made reservoir in Colo- on the Colorado River. Is that from the Hoover Dam? Yes. Yeah. Um, or is that Lake Havasaw? No, that's in Lake Havasu in Arizona. The original London Bridge is at Lake Havasu. Ah, nice. Yes. Yeah. When they took apart ships across the world and re- rebuilt it. Which is just also an insane story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Lake Powell's. Sorry. Continue. He's got two mountains named after him. Mount Ooh. Powell in the Sierra Nevadas hmm. and Powell Peak in uh, Colorado. Uh, the Powell Plateau uh, near Steamboat Mountain on the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Powell, Wyoming. Uh Here's a good one. The residential building of the Criminal Justice Service Department of Mesa County in Grand Junction, Colorado. John, the grandest, John of, grandest of all honors. <laughs> two more, two more. It's, just, oh, it's just stupid. The John Wesley Powell Middle School in Littleton, Colorado, and Powell Junior High in Mesa, Arizona. Oh. There you go. He has a bunch of stuff. Honorary Wait. PhDs and all this stuff. Elected to the National Academy of Sciences. Okay. Anyways, so in 1969, he uh, he first... 18. Uh, did I say 19? I'm sorry. Yeah. 1869. He was 123. He was... <laughs> him and his dog had been dead for years <laughs> floating there on the Colorado River. They just... They had him, they had his, him stuffed inside the USGS. <laughs> yeah. Bring out Powell for this expedition. Uh. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's geology edition. <laughs> so uh, while he was alive in the 1800s, he did the, discovered the, the great unconformity. And uh, let's see, from what I was reading, there really, nobody really looked at this too much because the, the whole like uh, the whole country was kind of in a commotion due to civil war. So, um, one of our Patreons says uh, the campus of University in Mesa, Arizona is named after him. Guy got around. Guy, the guy got around. On a raft a lot of the time. Yeah, right. So in some places, the great unconformity, it's got like a billion years of of time missing from it. And some other places, it's a little bit less. It's got like a, a hundred million years of time missing. So, it, you know, kind of kind of depends on on where you're at even um so he first discovered this at the um um in the in the grand canyon and it it kind of varies along the grand canyon depending on what what portion of the canyon you're at how how much time is missing but it's this the the great unconformity isn't just in um the grand grand canyon yeah before you before you get there i just want to point out like in the grand canyon i'm going to get actually give an age here it, you have 1.4 billion year old granites directly overlaying by 500 million year old sandstones. There's, you know, over 900 million years of missing time, yeah. which is a significant amount. 
yeah, it's that's that's a crazy amount of time. But where now, do you, where I'm, else do you find it? I'm going to call you out on this. Is the great unconformity the largest unconformity? Is it not? I don't know. As far as I know, it is. But well, I, was, I thought you were going to have an answer. For I, yeah, I did I, not. I know. Know. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's not my role in this. I mean, in this trio. Uh, I wonder the if great unconformity is the largest. I, I thought it was, but yeah. I, I wasn't sure if it, you know, because there, there's a lot of new papers coming out about the great unconformity. We, I mean, we'll get to there, that. But is there places where you have like just recent sedimentary rock? overlaying like shield rock like billion year old three billion year old rock is that i don't even know if that would you would count that would you count it if you have this is i'm just being silly but if you have like yeah the ancient like shield and you have like a soil horizon that's what, I, that's what i was picturing like- in my head yeah <laughs> I, I would say no doesn't it have to be lithified yeah i guess so the soil is actively forming so it's yeah so let's say no let's just say this is the greatest and if there is one greater if you know of one greater just yeah no don't be mean about it just kindly inform us yes please I can't, drop I us can't, a line i mentally can't take people being angry at me right now i didn't even look at my teacher evaluations from last semester because oh, no. i couldn't i couldn't nope. handle it nope yeah anyway we're doing great everything's great so the great unconformity extends across a huge like pretty pretty wide swath of of land it goes um it's it's kind of it's it's very it it goes uh you see it in colorado they're doing some work at pike's peak looking at the great unconformity uh they're doing some work in oh geez what was it arkansas i think yeah i saw in the ozarks ozarks okay yeah yeah Yeah. so have you Maybe that's oh, that's the story I was reading about the, those ages I gave. Sorry, weren't the Grand Canyon because I was going to say I thought it was over a billion in the Grand Canyon. Those ages, the one point four granite overlying the five hundred million year sandstone, that's in the Ozarks. That's the Ozark Plateau. Okay, I was going to say I, I saw the Great Unconformity in Wyoming. I think it was. Yeah, because it's at the at the Grand Canyon. It's the Visnu Schist, which is a schist yeah. and not a granite. So I should have known better. I should be relying on my outline more. The schist <laughs> goes back uh, uh, 1.6 to 1.8 billion. Yeah, years. I thought it was older. Now, so you've seen it in Wyoming. Chris, have you seen it? I've never seen it in person. Oh, have you been to Red Rocks? In Oh, uh, I saw it at Red Rocks too. Colorado. It's at Red Rocks. Yeah, you know. I mean, I've, I've driven past. I was just there. I drove past there a couple months ago. I was just yeah. on the highway. I didn't, didn't actually. Oh, uh, it's yeah. If you go up like the the entrance and like the visitor center there before you go into the amphitheater, is so it's like where? A, yeah, because so there. when you go, because all right behind that, there's you see like the red sandstones, and right behind there, then it's like it switches all over to granite. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah you see it there. You can actually it, you can hop Hold up, up on it. No kidding. I yeah. okay. So I have seen it. I, I've I've driven past that like a bunch of times. I guess it was right up the whole front range up there in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, Colorado, yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. So then, yeah, I've definitely driven past that like a bazillion times, and I've noticed the change from sandstone to to granite there. For so yeah. now you know. Wow. Next time, next time you're out All that right. way, I've seen it. All right. Yeah, check that off the old list. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can die happy now. <laughs> that was the last one. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Chris breaks his face, fake tooth, swallows the cyanide. It's all over. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. That was it. You know, I, I'll never see a grander unconformity. It's kind of no. not on this planet. Kind of sad. You know, it's like, I don't know, seeing like your first concert ever being like the Beatles and be like, hey, you're not going to see a band better than that, you know, or I don't know. That was a bad example. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. So the great unconformity, we got a pretty big gap of time here. And there were, there's um, initially some of the, the thought process was that the, the uh, I guess the mechanism doing the erosion it caused this giant time gap where the glaciers from Snowball Earth. Now, we did a whole episode on Snowball Earth, uh, which was a couple months ago, right? Steve, you. Hang on. Steve's got his, his stats. Episode 92 in April of 2021. Now, that was a really good episode. So go back, and if you haven't listened to Snowball Earth, um, that was, a, that was, that, that was a, I had a lot of fun doing that episode. I, I learned a lot. That was one of the episodes I would say that, I probably learned more doing that episode than most of the other episodes we've done. That was a really cool one to do. That was a good one. That was a good one. But I, I learned stuff every episode, though. I mean, I just learned that I've seen the, the great unconformity. So, yeah, we all learn. Never stop learning. So, um, what was I saying? More you know. <laughs> oh, so they were saying that it was uh, potentially... Um, uh, they th- they felt that it was uh, the 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 glaciers from Snowball Earth had had eroded away the the rock, and but now new studies are coming out and saying no, this thing is looking like the thing that was causing the erosion might have been uh, linked with uh, the formation and breakup of Rodinia. Right, yeah. so Rodinia was uh, supercontinent. Uh, back in pre-Cambrian time, uh, it came together 1.1 to 0.9 billion years ago. So, um, broke up about 750, 750 million years to 633 million years ago. Uh, I saw. Do you guys know what Rodinia means? No, please. I think don't. I did at one point. It's not in my brain anymore. To give birth. What? Yeah, it means uh, it's it's Russian from rodit, meaning to beget, to give birth. Oh, yeah. Or uh, our Patreon Michelle says mother, which also fits in that definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. because uh, there's been some new studies that have been coming out, and they're actually able to to kind of get an idea of how far down some of these uh, metamorphic and igneous rocks were when Rodinia came together. Uh, it's called thermochronology. And they're able to look at some zircons and the, the, the helium content in, in zircon grains. And we're going to talk about zircon jail. Uh, I mean, I was going to just kind of, I wasn't going to go too in depth into it. Do you, no. do you know more about zircon jail? No, or? I, cer- I certainly do. <laughs> we're, not. Looking, was, we're looking at the same website here. So I, think I, was, I was hoping you would explain it. I was hoping you would have answers for me. They're able to, I guess that depending on the depth, I'm I'm going to screw this up. This isn't like my 
this isn't my jam, this kind of stuff. But depending on the depth on how far down these rocks form, uh, it, 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 they contain, they'll, they'll start to collect helium. And that's, and then you can analyze the zircons and get a feel for how far down um, the yeah. rocks were under the surface when they were, when they were forming. So, yeah, zircon loses helium. And the helium is forming constantly from radioactive, radioactive decay. decay. And the deeper you go, the helium gets released more readily. I don't know why, but I know once it gets shallower, it cools off. And um, the crystal lattice of the zircon uh, st- basically strengthens or cools enough to crystallize enough to trap the helium in it. So you can look at the amounts of uh, the radioactive elements compared to how much helium is there and say something about <clears throat> when that zircon formed, when, when it got to, to the surface. Well, we know the rate of decay of these, these radioactive elements as well. So Man, people are smart. <clears throat> Seriously. <laughs> smart. Uh, Petrologists. Well, here's the other kicker that like blew my mind. So, zircon uh, cre- uh, ha- houses or it has uranium in it, and over time, that uranium will start to break up the crystal lattice of the zircon and start to release some of the helium. And basically, some people have figured out the fix for that. So basically, it has leaky helium. The zircon has leaky helium over time because of the, the radiation from coming off of the Huh. Coming off of itself, kind of breaks the breaks the crystal down, and it'll kick out. It'll it'll leak out some of that helium, and they're able to kind of rewind that. And they had a they had a fix to account for that. A little bit of leaky helium going on. So yeah, leaky helium. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't so- go through puberty till very late in high school. I just had a very high squeaky voice. <laughs> So with the great unconformity, they figure that there was like six to eight vertical kilometers of rock that was eroded. And I saw that number and I was blown away by it. Yeah. Blown that's, away. yeah. Where's all that sediment then? Just a, the eroding. Ocean. Yeah. To where? The ocean. The ocean. <laughs> where else would it keep, go? Keep saying the ocean, Jeff. Where, <laughs> where, where we're all beholden to the sea. <laughs> That's that's just an insane amount of. Yeah, can you imagine how much I guess, rock that is? I guess that's why there's not so much continental crust around anymore. I mean, that's a lot of rock. That I mean, six kilometers just for for reference is twenty thousand feet. Yeah. So eight kilometers. So you're talking like the 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 Rocky Mountains. Eight eight kilometers is is twenty six thousand feet. So like the Himalayas. That's about norm for like when a mountain range gets eroded down. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Ranges, like you can get like sixty thousand feet of of mountains he, being eroded down. Yeah, I mean, you look off the coast of Jersey, and and you know the sedimentary wedge there. So yes, yeah, gigantic. Yeah, deposits at the at the coastal plain. So sediment that's shedding off mountains and going being flushed by rivers, and rivers flow into oceans. To it forms coastal plains. And then it deposits at the edge of the coast, 
because that's where the rivers carry to. And, and it piles up. And over time, it piles so much that it subducts, or not subducts, gosh, it subsides. So it just pushes down on the mantle. And that creates more accommodation or more space. And so you collect more sediment, which piles up and pushes down further. So you just get this big wedge of sediment. Yeah, I want to say off you know, the Jersey coast, you have six, eight, 10, 12,000 feet. Thick. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's. But it's still just just trying to think here that like this is so this is all in the Precambrian. This is just, you know, 200 million years of time. And the, you're seeing six to eight kilometers of uplift. Right. Do I got that right? Or no, that's just eroded. We're not yeah. seeing it all up. Well, they think it had to do with Rodinia, well, right? Rodinia coming together. And there was yeah. obviously up and there, there was uplift when when uh, the supercontinent. Smashy, uh, smashy. Yeah. I don't, it just seems like a lot. It seems like a little much. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of nice and easy. Like, yeah, it was snowball earth. Things are getting eroded. <laughs> but uh, um, I do. I do appreciate the fact that nothing is that simple. So, no, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, this new explanation is is pretty darn intriguing. Yeah, so this erosion occurred between uh, like a billion and seven hundred and twenty million years ago. That you know, several the several kilometers of rock to be eroded away. So this debunks the. It's pointing to debunking the the theory that it was caused. Uh, the erosion was caused by the glaciers because the erosion would have happened before the glaciers showed up. So. Um, the theory goes that uh, you got the uplift of Rodinia occurring, and that material once it once it was uh, once it was turning into sediment, it was it was it was weathering down. It was how's it work? It absorbs the carbon dioxide. Is that how the the we talked about this on the show? What's the oh yeah, the, weathering absorbs carbon dioxide. Weathering Is yeah, it, weathering absorbs the the carbon dioxide. So you had Rodinia, all this, all this erosion occurring, that weathering sucking out the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Boom, the Earth switches over into snowball Earth. So, huh? So is this? Are they saying this is like the trigger? So snowball Earth this became so snowbally because uh, that's a term. Um, Very good term. Runaway albedo. Yeah, you're, you're basically yeah. getting it cold enough to get. You, know, you got the you got the ice coming down far enough. It hit that enough. threshold where you had a what, certain percentage of of Earth covered in that yeah. white ice. That, but this is what made it cold. Yeah, Eventually. what's cooler than being cool? Ah, it's a full circle to Outcast. Every episode, I love it. <laughs> ice cold. We were talking <laughs> about ice uh, Outcast before we. Oh right, we were. Yeah, yeah, but again, Patreons, man, they get they get all the good stuff. <laughs> so then the question is though from what i was reading about this is why didn't we go into runaway like snowball earth when pangea formed if the hypothesis is that that when rodinia formed you got the weathering sucked the carbon dioxide out we went into runaway snowball earth this didn't happen with pangea dun 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 Pangea was later. Very good. And there were different conditions at the time. And and I I honestly don't know where the continents were when That's Rodinia a, happened. Um, yeah, let's see if I could find a... Uh, Rodinia, you were... Like was, a lot of 
Laurentia was over the equator. A and lot of stuff and was... yeah, Rodinia, you're down, you're docked over the Gondwana was over the South Pole, right? Yeah. So the where, where the continents are will make a difference. Also, you know, Rodinia, a billion years ago, you were dealing with a lot more continental crust, which would increase the carbon sequestration. Yeah, no, I was I, I was way off. That nothing's over the gone. I was Gondwana's over the South Pole. Rodinia, yeah, like like Chris was saying, Laurentia is at the equator. This is when like Pennsylvania's in the southern hemisphere. That's I sorry, I always equate it to where I am. Hmm. Um, Antarctica's in the northern hemisphere, Australia's in the northern hemisphere, according to this reconstruction I'm looking at here, which is who is it? It's got to be Scotese. He's he's the go-to. Uh, oh no, it's not. Dun dun dun. So maybe I shouldn't trust it. Um, <clears throat> just kidding. But I wonder if it's being at the equator there, and you have this uplift. That's you. You have really wet, warm conditions. That's going to enhance your weathering. So you're you're getting so Laurentia's crashing into. Um, uh, Austral Antarctica, basically so when, in the tropics. That's interesting to to think about that because when when Pangaea came together, like the interior of the supercontinent was super arid, right? Yeah, because it was so and far away from. It was so far away. There was no humidity. There was nothing, and so yeah. And I, you know, I'm actually that... looking at some other reconstructions here by the late Proterozoic by six fifty. They're saying that a lot of Laurentia and a lot of the supercontinent is down on the South Pole. So that that would I wonder if I wonder if it's the combination of 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 this sort of intense weathering of six to eight kilometers of of uplift and then everything Wait, moving so, uh, south. I'm sorry. Did did I mean? So you said that this other reconstruction you looked at? Because I think I'm looking at the same. Reconstruction you talked looked at first. The second one is saying that Laurentia is in the South Pole at, at six fifty. When was the first one? What was the? I'm looking at a reconstruction of seven fifty. Yeah. So yeah. So the seven fifty one has it all at the equator. But if you look yeah. at a reconstruction from six fifty, so hundred million years, hundred million years, it's got, um, you know, Amazonia and and. Laurentia down on the South Pole. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting, yeah. You know, all supercontinents are are sort of unique because there's so many variables that going in that are going into it, right? You know, you have the weathering and uh, of all of the sediment that's absorbing CO2, and then things are moving, they're still moving south. And let's say they get um, over the South Pole. That's going to influence this a bit. No, yeah. two, no two supercontinents are, are alike. That's what I always say every morning. I wake up. I say, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like your 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 children. You know, yeah, they're all unique in their own way. They're all special, and then you know, you have your favorite. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So if your kids are operating on Wilson cycles, um, something, 
That was that's a dorky joke. That was right. terrible. All right. Uh anyway. well, real quick, Chris, what is a Wilson cycle? Wilson cycle is a 200 million year cycle that has to do with the, the continents breaking up and colliding together. Yeah, approximately 200 million years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not to the dot, not on the dot, but yeah. So I I question from a Patreon was Rodinia smaller than Pangaea? Do we know that? Probably make some estimates. Yeah, cause um, it's funny because I never really that's a great question because I never really yeah. thought about it. When I think of a supercontinent, I just assume the continental uh equation stays the same. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, maybe some of it's underwater a little bit more than at some times than other times, but I just assume that that equation always stays the same. You just have a big mass and then it breaks up the same amount of mass and then it comes back together but i you know i guess some of it has to be I mean, eroded I guess, subducted yeah you know, you're gonna be it's recycled. all gonna be i think it's of, gonna be pretty close because i know by the by the proterozoic eon um you had 90 percent of the crust that we have today was was already developed but but the proterozoic goes for two billion years it's a nice it's a okay. nice little chunk of time attached to it so I mean, you know, give or take. Rough, rough estimates, probably similar in size. Probably. I, that would be my, my guess. Yeah. I like it. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's just showing how, like, it, the, the continents grew really fast at first and then, you know, or the, you know, and then, and then kind of like tapered off with the growth. Um, I have never seen any uh, size estimates or anybody asking about how, uh, how the different supercontinents of, uh, you know. Yeah, this is a little before my time, but I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to take some time and look that up, figure it out. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, I'm the, these are all estimates or guesstimates. I, I don't want to say guesstimates, but they're all. It's, I mean, it's, you're, there's a lot of sort of, there's so many variables. Yeah. You're sort of just, you're getting into the realm of sort of hypotheticals here a bit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can actually figure out the exact. I bet you'd be just even a super, super hard to just get a get a ballpark for the yeah know, the the area. Um, moving on, I got another little fun topic here. You know, there's a second great conformity. Do you guys come across this unconformity? Yeah, the great. Uh, you say great conformity. Great conformity. Every, everything is just <laughs> everybody is in line. <laughs> Yeah, it's called George Orwell, 1984. Now, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, according to the Wikipedia page, which you always got to go off of that. Um, by the way, the Wikipedia page, I don't agree with what they're saying about the great unconformity. But um, there is, they have a section there. They're saying Hutton's unconformity is known as the great unconformity. Sicker proof. Oh. Huh. What's the time? That's only like Silurian to uh, 425. It's a gap of 80 million years. Uh, James, not quite. James Hutton gets enough credit for things. Let's let's not yeah. call this great. I'm just we kidding. did. We talked about this with. Um, oh, man, I want to say that we talked about this with the. Uh, um. We did geologic time at the Paleozoic. How the how we got yeah. the, the names, how the the origin of those names. Oh yeah, that's really a, interesting. That was another one that I I learned just a ton. 
Was that our James Hutton episode? Perhaps October of 2020. Hmm. Uh, that lines up about time. There was another one we did. Uh, uh, the we did a geologic time scale, geologic Paleozoic, time scale Paleozoic and Paleozoic. Mesozoic. Yeah, was that around October as well? It was probably that was a year ago, September of uh, 2020. That was September 2020, and then the Hutton was October of 2020. Yes. Yeah. Late, yeah, late October. That's, yeah. That's why. Yeah, because I was I was on a little Hutton kick for a little bit. <laughs> Don't we all have our heart? <laughs> aren't we all? I mean, who doesn't take a Hutton in the fall? I yeah, mean, it's just like pumpkin spice and James. And Hutton. he comes up again on the podcast. Good friend <laughs> of the podcast, James Hutton. Um, yeah. So what did he have there? The at his unconformity was the upper old red sandstone, and uh, I'm not uh, also, also, the day we talked about James Hutton, apparently we talked about angular unconformities, uh, YKK on your zipper, which is also from an outcast song, uh, and a 10,000 quadrillion asteroid. I forgot about that. The $10,000 quadrillion asteroid. Oh, is that the one that's still floating out in space? They yeah, it's supposed to be made yeah. of like, like oh. titanium or something. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's crazy. I'm starting to forget some of the episodes that we've done. I know. <laughs> Well, that 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 stuff was the Patreon extra that Angular oh, Informers, oh, the YKK, oh, oh, okay, and the okay. ten thousand quadrillion, uh, ten thousand quadrillion dollar asteroid. You find that you're not going to have to work again. That's for sure. Well, no, you can find it. It's just bringing it back. <laughs> yeah, it's, you can it's, bring it back. You wouldn't yeah, have to. Then you're a ten thousand dollar quadrillionaire. Yeah, <laughs> Bezos would. Have, well, you'd have to find somebody that would buy that from you. I don't think there's enough uh, currency in the world. Yeah, you might flood the market and devalue it. Yeah, you definitely would flood the market with that. Yeah, you'd have to just uh, you know supply and demand, play it safe, leave it in a leave it in a warehouse, and only release it little by little every year. There you go. Yeah, like the beers with their diamonds. (laughs) Um. All right. Well, that's uh. I think that's all we got for the the great unconformity. So who who calls? The Hutton unconformity, the great unconformity. I don't know. Wikipedia. Bunch of Brits. Wikipedia says that. I never, I never uh, heard of that though. Who edited that? Not that I'm, I'm like the all-knowing source, but um, I just never heard it. I consider you such. Yeah. As the all-knowing all first yeah. mistake. The great and powerful <laughs> Oz. <laughs> That's why your microphone covers green. <laughs> oh, I just did that for St. Patrick's Day, and I just never changed it. <laughs> <laughs> I like, can you get me some? I I need a nice orange one for the fall. Uh yeah, we could do that. We got some other colors here. The uh, birthplace of geology. Got red, yellow, blue, black. Oh. Is it clown noses? Microphone <laughs> covers. The... All right, we're getting off topic here. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Uh, yes. yeah, so that's all I got with uh the great unconformity. You guys got anything else you'd like to add about the, the great unconformity? No, it's just one of those things. Like if you're, if you're a fan of geology, um, look, look it up where it is closest to you and just, just go take a look. It's just cool. Just to say like, Hey, I have one hand on billion year old rock and another hand on 500 million year old rock or, you know, 700 million year old rock, whatever. But yeah, there you go. Um, and this is a call for Wikipedia to update their their page on uh on the Great Unconformity. Uh, it's also a call. Yeah, you know, you get can the Rodinia don't, stuff in there. Come on. You, 
you can donate to Wikipedia. You can help support Wikipedia. They they're a non not for profit uh, who takes donations. So maybe anything, maybe anything else you'd like to have a commercial? I, I'm for just saying. Hey. <laughs> I'm just saying. Every every year you get that like uh like that NPR PBS like you know marathon of please give us money. So. I, I often reference Wikipedia first. That's not my end all be all, but it's a, it's a very good source to get, get the ball rolling. So I'd just like to give a little shout out. That's all. Gosh, Chris, come on. Sorry. Well, everyone, thanks for, uh, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for downloading the episode, episode number one Oh nine here. Uh, the great unconformity. So if you like the podcast, tell a friend, get the word out. Don't be shy. Um, and uh, let's see, go to geologyflannelcast.com. We got some, uh, throw some links up that we talk about in the um, kind of some of our sources, what we're looking at. If you'd like to do some more research on the topics or read a little more on the topics, go there. Um, you can get, we got a couple, a little bit of merch to, if you'd like to help out the podcast monetarily, um, you got a couple spare bucks, you'd like a cool geology flannelcast coffee mug, we'll hook you up. We got some t shirts on there too. Um, if you really want to be a super awesome fan of the geology final cast, uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash geology final cast, a couple different tiers of membership there and, uh, check us out on Facebook, like us on Facebook, Twitter, Insta, all that stuff. Uh, we're out there, ladies and gentlemen. So that's all we got. That concludes episode 109. Thanks everyone for hanging out. And uh, Jesse, what song? What song are you gonna take us out with today? If we had the rights for this. Oh gosh. Oh, I caught him off guard. You did you did? I you know last week about, I was. Thinking, I, I got actually I got one. I was thinking about it last week, but tell me what do you got? Time by Hootie and the Blowfish. Who? <laughs> huh, I would not have seen. I. That came out of left field. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of uh for some reason I've got um uh the back to the future theme with Huey Lewis in the news. Oh, Gotta go okay. back in time. Yeah. Yeah. Down, down. No, that's uh that's the love song. Yeah. What's well, a song about like missing time or like what, forgetting um, time or something like that? There's yeah. gotta be I don't know. Anywho. Well, thanks everybody it. for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, please tell a friend, tell lots of friends. Um, and uh, to steal Jesse's line bye. thanks for stopping by. You know, I, I started know. saying that when I leave. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was like, oh my God. It sticks in my head so many times. Oh, Jesse, I, I you have s- no idea. I want to smack myself is, when I say that. My kids say, con. My kids say it all the time. Bye. And I say, thanks for stopping. Bye. (laughs) My kids just look at me like I'm insane. (laughs) Welcome to to my uh, personal hell. (laughs) Well, give us us a a bye, Jesse, to end things. Bye. Thanks for stopping by.